the consumer price index skyrockets to over 9.1%. Inflation is being felt by every single American, with some goods soaring four and five times that number. All the while, the Biden administration wants to spend more. But the only thing thus far stopping him and the insanity is Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. Running for Lieutenant Governor of Maryland, Attorney Jordana Schiavonelli is here on all the top stories and her account of election fraud in the midterms. And that America's electrical grid is a target that could send America back to the 18th century. A new film highlights this massive problem. Financial expert and filmmaker David Tice will tell us more about it. And finally, IQ Al Razuli and Alana Friedman on Iran's nuclear ambition and Biden's Middle East follies. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Outloud here. Well, we see the inflation numbers. We see what's happening with the economy. There is no bigger story, my fellow Americans, than the pain that is being felt uh, in people's lives and how to juggle all of this. Uh, and, you know, keep in mind that uh, a lot of the generation right now that's experiencing this has never seen this before in their lifetimes because we're approaching numbers that are things like 50 year highs and other catastrophic moments we've had in our history. Uh, and that's what we're experiencing right now under the Biden administration. Uh, so we've gone from, well, being an energy independent nation, uh, we've gone from a, an incredible economy. Uh, we've gone from the fact that things were looking pretty good just prior to, yeah, that. Uh, COVID and prior to the new administration. Uh, and we've done uh, really a complete 180, I would suggest you in the nation here. Uh, Join us up top of the program here on all the top news stories is Jordana Schifanelli joins us. She's an attorney, an adjunct professor of law and economics at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, uh, Maryland. A strong, strong voice uh, for education for our kids and what's really cool is uh, will she is running for Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Maryland. On the ticket with Dan Cox on uh, the Freedom First platform, uh, restorefreedoms.com is that site. But uh, so another piece of the story today we'll talk to her about is election integrity and what she's seeing. And th that's going to be a really interesting case study. Jordana, welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is awesome to have you here again with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks. It is a privilege always. And so I want to talk to you first about this uh, two trillion uh, package that was originally proposed now. 
uh, and uh, record funding again. I, you know, somehow or another, they don't seem to understand that the more you spend and the more government there is, the higher these inflation numbers are going to go. It is like pouring kerosene on a wildfire that is growing massively. Uh, so this is uh, the president's domestic agenda. We're talking about his climate change business and the so social safety net uh, programs, if you will. Uh, and the one firewall in all of this is Joe Manchin, which is an incredible story, really. Put this in context, how the, what this means to, first of all, Manchin's part of this. And this point of this concept of the administration wanting to spend and spend, and they somehow think they can spend their way out of this. It's a bit of insanity, I think, is it? I think you're right. And it's insanity that keeps on getting worse and worse. So, you know, whoever's insane is not getting better. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that this current administration is attempting to do social engineering on all levels, political, social, educational, economics. So this is this engineering. Let's try to revamp something that's worked for the last 200 years. And I think it's tearing down the fabric of our country. It's destroying our country from the bottom up, from the children all the way up to the retirees. I grew up in a socialist communist country and I uh, lived there for 28 years before I got married to a Green Beret, came here to the United States. And the inflation rate where I grew up and spent my early childhood years and adulthood years, early adulthood years was 313 million percent. And 313 million percent inflation was the highest recorded inflation in history of humankind. Wow. Uh, just to put in perspective uh, to the audience, it didn't happen overnight and it doesn't nothing happens overnight. So what you just mentioned, that inflation was what, 9 percent and 11 percent month after month. That's how it starts. Mm -hmm. And it look it, it, it's just like a snowball. It, it starts with a little snowball and it gets bigger and, and, and it grows and then you can't stop it. And this is what I'm scared because the country falls apart when you have no control over the prices, inflation, and when polit political will is gone out the window for the personal political benefits of right. some Georgiana, kind. Georgiana, so you're talking about, and it's it's a good way to put it, so you're talking about it's a slow boil. It's not a quick, fast right. thing. It's a slow boil. Well, That's it's sort right. of that it's sort of that frog in the pot story that I talk about all the time to listeners. Uh, tell folks, by the way, where you were born and that part of it, because I love the way you started this in reminding people, you know, it's just a big lesson. You can never take anything for granted in your life. That's what really is. Tell folks where you were born. I was born in Yugoslavia and the country does not exist any longer. So I was born in Belgrade. Um, Serbia was part of Yugoslavia, which had eight states at the time. And, uh, and, and now it's gone. And it started with economic collapse. And I'm seeing it here in America. It starts with economic collapse. And it starts when individuals that are in power choose to destroy everything in order for them to stay in power. The Democrat Party, as you mentioned, Joe Manchin, he's trying to keep remnants and what Democrat Party used to be, like they call themselves party of the working class, but it's gone. It's no longer party of the working class. And he's one of the rare individuals who's trying to remind people that, hey, I'm a Democrat. Remember us? We used to be. It's gone. That whole thing is gone. And the party of working class parents, mama bears, it's the Republican Party now. And, and it's just the reality. What Joe Biden is doing, he is doing social engineering 
on every level. The climate change deal, the, the payments that we are sending to Ukrainians for perpetual war with Russia, the, the monies that we are printing, the same thing happened in Yugoslavia. They were printing money like out of no, I mean, out of thin air. And that's what we we're doing here. And when this, these things happen, then, then the country goes slowly but surely to certain deaths. I would hate that to happen to our country. The 9% inflation is only 9% by, by measurements of the CPI index, which is consumer price index. Mm -hmm. that, inflation, that inflation rate, that rate could be much higher on certain products and services. Well, you it know, is. It's it's double and triple on some things. You're 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 exactly things, right to right. point that out. And and the inflation rate jumped to nine point one percent. Again, the CPI. And you bring up a good point. That's just that's just the low ball hanging fruit. It goes deeper than that, right? right? Yes, and absolutely. So, some some products and services are up up eighty five percent. So and those maybe those products and services may not be part of the CPI index. For, for ordinary people who are not economists, who don't know these indexes, the numbers, mm -hmm. all they need to know, it's not good and right. it's getting worse. If Manchin wasn't there and they went ahead and because they would have a clear pass to put this into play, uh, they would be making things worse. And you really have to begin to question what their ultimate plan is, as you suggest. Is it to totally bankrupt the entire nation? Uh, because right. they're, they're headed in the wrong direction, clearly. Now, let me also mention that this bill, uh, so Manchin tells uh, Schumer, uh, the majority leader, Chuck Schumer, that he it, it won't support it on the climate and the tax provisions and this reckless spending. And I love the way you referenced a moment ago, Jordana. I, I really, really like that. It reminded folks about what, what, a, what a blue blue Democrat used to look like, a blue dog Democrat, what a, you know, the JFK party. Those, 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 they become unicorns. They just aren't around anymore. Manchin is absolutely a unicorn. Would you forecast what you think to put this in a capsule for folks? Manchin looks like he's going to hold fast. Uh, I don't know what other sort of trickery. Now, Biden is threatening more executive orders for the climate change fiasco and the green energy and all that. Well, where does it end, you think? So what I can, I can predict is that if we don't win in 2022, we're going to lose the country. Period. End of story. So this 2022 election is the literally the, the, the beginning of an end. Either we're going to take over the House, the Republicans are going to take over the House and hopefully uh, increase the majority in the Senate and stop legislatively, stop the disaster where we're heading and save the country, or we won't. And if the Republicans don't win majority in, in both chambers, or if they don't, if we don't succeed, or if we elect those who then abandon uh, the, the promises to American people who elected them, and then they go off uh, with uh, the Republicans in name only uh, old, you know, rhino policies that they right. abandon promises and they get along to go along to get along. We are going to lose our country. So this is the historic election that's coming ahead of us. Mm. And I, you know, if I can compare it to any other time in history, I would compare it with 1776 because it is wow. a li life or death uh, election. Well, I guess what you're spelling out is things have gotten uh, so uh, problematic, so challenging that we're at a very crucial, critical point. And I think people can feel that, Jordana. I, I don't even think it's a question anymore. The inflation rate is not going to stop uh, rolling. It's going to be double digits. I'm predicting double digits in about two to three months.
Well, actually, I have to say to you in a very weird sort of way, and this may not sound nice at all, Jordana, but that would probably be a good thing. <laughs> Whereas for, from some angle, uh, people might realize that, well, we are talking on your show and what I've been talking for the last two years yeah. on a campaign trail, somebody might come and say, gee, she was right. I got to mm -hmm. shape up. I got to yeah. go to vote. I got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and, you know, Imagine has just done them a huge favor because and he actually the last one he did as well, because if he wasn't there, these people are just like drunken sailors. They just keep going and going and going and going and going and spending, in which case the inflation would already be twice as much or more than what it is. And yeah. they would totally be sunk. I mean, you have right. to wonder what they have in store for the elections. A lot of people are wondering because they're so quiet right now. Correct. Uh, you don't hear a lot about it. The, in fact, I did a program on this the other day. The silence is almost deafening and they make mm -hmm. you kind of eke uh, a little bit of uh, some people are suggesting there's got to be something in uh, the in the, the tank as far as election fraud and that kind of thing. They're worried about it. In other words, let, let, let's put that on ice right there a second and come back to that. I want to talk to you about this other uh, big national story that has major implications, surely for your region of the nation and every region of the country. And that is the illegal immigration so you put a tweet out just a couple of days back here, which I thought captured it pretty well. You said illegal immigrants provided tickets from San Antonio to Baltimore on Southwest and cleared through premium lane without IDs. Now, try to do this at home yourself as an American citizen and see what happens to you there. So that one got me really good. And uh, so I wanted to ask you with this illegal immigration and we've been reporting on this, they're flying them and busting them and whatever all over the nation, including, you know, again, up in Baltimore, Maryland, it's not like you're on the border, but yet every state is on the border because of the way they're pushing the people throughout the nation. Did this story get any significant coverage in the region that you're in, Jordana? And what, if anything, is being done about it? I think the story is being gaslighted no matter what, how many times I tweet that or talk about this, it's gaslighting. And the reason for that is all major news networks here are owned, controlled by uh, liberal Democrats. Our House of Delegates has two-thirds Democrats. Our Senate has majority, like two-thirds Democrats. And the two-third Democrat majority on the House and the Senate has been in Maryland for the last 100 years. So for any uh, rational discussion, story, or anything like that to come out uh, among the public, you have to say it 10 million times before somebody gets to hear it because it's so suppressed by, uh, you know, stories about Trump. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, leadership in Maryland cannot survive without talking about Trump or something to that effect, January 6th or something to that effect. They're not paying attention to, and they're actually deterring from of the people from paying attention to what's actually really happening in our state. And so, so uh, maybe six months ago, I looked at Maryland uh, Department of Health and Human Services website, and there was a story that they posted uh, that we are number sixth in the nation. Maryland is sixth in the nation of importation of these uh, illegal immigrants to our state. And this is like a this is like a proud thing. You've got to be the top to import illegal immigrants to to Maryland. Mind you, Maryland is uh, governor is Republican, Larry Hogan, who's trying to run uh, and, and test the waters to run for president of the United States in 2024. At least that is the political aspiration that uh, we can hear uh, here on the ground um, from from his camp. 
uh, everyone is expecting he will be running for president in 2024. But his leadership of Maryland has been nothing short but from disaster. I mean, you, we don't need a Democrat if we're going to have this Republican run the state in this matter. And he's been part of the problem up there. A lot of stories I've read on Hogan, as you suggest, uh, has been uh, very problematic. In fact, uh, we'll talk about him. Uh, well, let's do that right now, in fact, in regards to the election, election integrity. And I want to talk to you about what you're seeing. But as I heard, and cor- correct me on this, because you'll know the answer to this, and I'm not sure. I've read stories, I believe, that Hogan is, I think, potentially one of the only governors in the country that is um, having problems with counting the votes on uh, primary day and election day and so on and so forth. And he looks to drag that out or something. Explain to me what's going on there, please. So so my state, unfortunately, has been uh, with this election integrity and gerrymandering all over the news, up to the Supreme Court, back down to the state legislature. And they've been fighting the gerrymandering and election integrity for the last four years, if not longer. And uh, we are he- heavily gerrymandered states. So the fight started this year in trying to remap the states. They wanted to, the Democrats wanted to remap the states. So the Republicans objected to it. But again, Republicans are one third. Democrats are two thirds. They all ended up in the Supreme Court in this state of Maryland, not the United States. But they they went to the United States. Now they're back into this Supreme Court of the state of Maryland. And uh, the judge instead, the judges had to hear the case. And even the, the, the judges that were there found that the maps proposed were so gerrymandered that it was that was disastrous. So our primary was supposed to be June 28. And because they were still in litigation phase and fighting, they said, OK, we're going to move the primary and move the early voting to July 7th through the 14th. So this past week, we ended up going through the early voting primary with, again, mailing ballots uh, all over the state and uh, the primary one day primary will be on the 19th. And then we won't know really who won for the next, I don't know, two weeks. Uh, seems to be one big hot mess. And uh, this does not instill uh, confidence that- Well, Dana, as a Republican, why would Hogan want that? All due credit. I mean, he's he was like telling the, the committee that was going through the redistricting maps and the voting proposals and how should this be. He was telling them no, yes, no, but the Democrats, I think, have pushed to this insane uh, perpetual voting and mail in, and and it's just crazy. And I don't even know how much power or will, political will, he even had to fight every single battle on every single issue. Being election integrity being number one issue for majority of the Marylanders. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Democrats and Republicans all said that they don't trust uh, that the voting uh, is is fair. And so, I mean, this is coming from both sides. So that means that both sides do not believe that the elections are fair. With all that said, from everything you're seeing on the ground, when you look at this thing, Jordana, and really at 30,000 feet, uh, be, you know, looking at what happened in 2020 and not, and I don't want to debate that here, but looking at what is in 2022, what and you talking to folks on the ground and seeing all what's the biggest worry you have? I'm talking shenanigans here. What are the, what are the biggest one, two, threes that concern you bottom line for this election? 
what really concerns me is that is that there's no rule uh, and there's no way anybody can confirm what happens with the votes and what happens with the ballots. And I don't think that 22 come. In other words, nothing got fixed from 2020. So whatever was wrong in 2020 is going to continue to be wrong in 2022, at least when it comes to Maryland. And what I mean by that. So I went in and I said, asked the judges and the, uh, the, at the, at the polling locations. All right. So what happens after the primary on the 19th? So what happens then? So like in some counties, we have 500 precincts. Some counties have 11 precincts. And all these precincts have these machines. So what happens with these machines? Now, so 8 o'clock, 19th comes, and what happens next? Well, the answer is what happens next is this. We close the polls and we wait for the trucks, trucks to come in and to haul the machines to designated buildings where the counting will happen. So, I mean, we're talking about big machines. These are not laptops. These are major machines. They will mm -hmm. suck your ballot in mm -hmm. and it goes into the space. You don't get a receipt who you voted for. I took with my phone a picture of my ID and a, and a ballot uh, serial number, if that for whatever's worth. But we don't know what happens with the machine, what happens with the paper that got sucked into the machine. And so now these, these trucks are coming. So imagine 24 jurisdictions in Maryland, one jurisdiction having 500 precincts, another one having 13 precincts, another one having 300 precincts. And now you've got trucks, okay, driving all over Maryland, picking those machines and taking them to some place where they're going to be hooked back into the electricity and start counting votes. How do we keep track? Like, do we follow the trucks? How do we know where the truck driver goes? Did he stop by, get some McDonald's on his way? Did he go straight from the polling location to the building where, the, the, where these machines have to be delivered? Who are these people? Well, I asked who are these people, and they said that these people are truck drivers that are owned and operated by the company that produces and manufactures these machines. So the issues with these machines, chain of custody has not been resolved because any party, Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter, they're not following those trucks to make sure that the trucks are, you know, going straight to the building or connecting. Like, they get off. They get off the road, and that's how we ended up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, truck in the ditch with all these ballots. So it's not solved. It's not fixed. And then they get these. And then I said, okay, so assuming that the trucks go all over the state and then they go to these buildings to, to plug the machines back in to start counting votes, what happens next? Well, what happens next is they start counting, slowly populating and counting uh, early votes and the, the primary votes. Well, the question is, do they do this all night? Do they turn off at some point like midnight, go home and get some sleep in the morning? Who goes in? Who opens the door? Mm. Do you have to wait outside for all the judges to come and then jointly go in? It depends from precinct to precinct, from county to county. That technicality depends. Okay. There's no steady rule. We don't know. Okay. Depends. This county does it this way. Some other county does it another way. This and then and then it comes to okay well what happens with the mail-in ballots, okay so mail-in ballots start uh, getting uh, first count of the mail-in ballots starts the Thursday after the Tuesday which would be the twenty first of July so Thursday somebody's gonna deliver these mail-in ballots these mail-in ballots are signed when I asked 
How do you know that the owner of the ballot or a person who is supposed to vote, is, this, is that's his signature or could it be my signature? Could it be your signature? There's no verification of signatures. In other words, there's no way for uh, the, the people counting those ballots to verify that the ballot that was in the ballot box was signed by the actual person. Yeah, why can't we just go and cast the ballot like everybody else does in France and in Germany? Well, let me, all let these me say this to you. Done. Well, you know what I went on to ask you, uh, final thought on this, is this, <laughs> uh, 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 just, you know, just uh, last month or so, uh, Sydney Powell was, was on the program here, and she has said to me, she's been steadfast. Every time I've spoke to her, she has said, Malcolm, what we need to do in this country is go back to paper ballots. Forget the computer, forget the system, get it off of the internet. We need to go back to paper ballots. What do you say to that? I love it. One day, and I keep saying, actually, I was invited to Maryland State Bar Association candidate interview forum here. And the same question came, what do you suggest? Oh, well, that's not a nuclear science and it's not a hard question. Yeah. One day you go and vote like everybody else. And then you throw your ballot and you you know who you voted for. Right, this right, is the right. box for Democrats. The old days, for- just like the old days, right? Just like we in we the sort old of days. knew. So so you really won't know the winner in Maryland then. You certainly will not know on the 19th, to be sure. You won't exactly. know for we don't really know when, a minimum, That's maybe a week problem. later if you're lucky or not. Right. Uh, don't really know, right? We don't know. We don't know. We, yeah. We, we, there's so much we don't know. Right, right. That that is exactly what causes people to be wary. <laughs> thing I want to fit in here because we need a laugh at the end of this, and the way you just spelled it out is so. Uh, I, I see a, a you, and I'm sure you know about this. Jill Biden uh, calling out to just a few days ago. This is now First Lady Jill. Uh, Texas Hispanics are as unique as breakfast tacos. Uh, she was in San Antonio on a speech. Boy, did that hit the airwaves from sea to sea. What is it with these folks that they make these sort of uh, blunderous statements? And, uh, you know, I mean, how did that come across (laughs) at home there? So I can tell your listeners how it came across in Maryland. It just so happens that my campaign manager is uh, Latina. And she was working 13 hour days and whoever would come to vote, she would say, I'm not a taco. And she would give her uh, people our cards vote for Kavshi Finale. I mean, this this whole uh, (laughs) comparison of groups of people and this whole nonsense, if Trump had said that, you, we wouldn't be alive for the next three years. They would be going after it. Isn't but then, the of course, truth? Dr. Yeah. Jack and Jill yeah. say something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Then it's all so, yeah. so okay, well, acceptable. So, all yeah. right. So, all right. Two things. First, Jordana, thank you always. I love your spirit. And thank you for joining us here on Viewpoint the Sunday. And the second thing is, Godspeed. Best luck wishes. I am hoping for victory for for Dan Cox and Jordana Schifanelli uh, this next week or sometime in the near future thereafter, huh? God bless America. That's all I can say. And that is uh, Jordana Schifanelli. Uh, wow, always a privilege to have her on the program. I have to tell you, she is a ball of fire, isn't she? Uh, I love it when you can get on and have real conversation and. Uh, Someone who's very spirited like that. So appreciate her. Now, 
Let me bring you oh, a couple of big things here, points, and then uh, want to get on to this other big, big story we're going to share with you on the electrical grid in just a moment here. Um, you know, you've been following this story, and I'll connect the dots here in a moment, on uh, Dr. Simone Gold and what had taken place with her and being sentenced in, in prison for 60 days. Uh, she was the front, one of the frontline doctors. I mean, she was at the front of this thing when, when COVID lit up our, uh, you know, our lives, if you will, back in 2020. Uh, she, you're seeing her on the television on show with a white jacket on and many different facets. And, uh, well, she has been, uh, many calling it um, uh, selective prosecution, if you will, and her being sentenced to prison. It's a longer story, but uh, I want to develop uh, divulge here a campaign to you that we are trying to raise funds to help her out in her legal cause here on America Out Loud, and it's through Genesis HOCL, which is a very important product I want to tell you about right now. You hear me talk about the Genesis Fogger, or you see the ads on the network and what have you, and you'll see others talking about it. It's an incredible product. Uh, you HOCL is hypochlorous which is an amazing product uh, because it kills all the pathogens, SARS-CoV-2, viruses, superbugs, you name it. Uh, this is the way to go. It's 100% hypoallergenic, 100% non-toxic, safe to use around the kids, the pets, the plants. I mean, you can wash your fruits and vegetables with it. That's how safe it is. A hundred times more effective than even a chlorine bleach at killing pathogens. So you, you get a sense now of HOCL. You put HOCL in the Genesis Fogger, it creates a dry mist in the room and will kill anything, the pathogens and the virus, all the things we've just stated here. So this is an incredible product. Our listeners get, first of all, 15% off that Fogger. Don't forget that. Use the code out loud. And you can get that by clicking on the banner ad back at America Out Loud, or just go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. There's a free ebook. There's all kinds of information. Study it up yourself. Get a sense of what it's all about. But here's the good news. Throughout this campaign right now, right now, here in July, part of these proceedings, or 10% of the funds on the Genesis Fogger will go back to Dr. Simone Gold and the fight for freedom and freedom of speech and to be able to say what we darn well want to say in this country and not be held accountable or be put in a prison for it and stop right there. So the funds from this promotion. So help me get this out there. And, and beyond that, we want to get this fogger into every household and every business uh, so that you are uh, equipped to handle these things with whatever's happening next. So take a look at it, get the ebook, study it, genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. We're going to take a quick pause, my fellow Americans, and coming up next is an explosive conversation uh, that you do not want to miss with David Tice, potentially one of the most important stories uh, you'll hear all year long. We'll join you next on the other side. You're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. 
All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulvidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Outloud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. Uh, thank you for being on the mission, and today it is a big mission. The program you're hearing today in this next segment you know, there's no bigger problem that we could be faced with in the very near future than the one I'm going to talk to you about right next year. I believe, as I was just saying up top of the program with Jordana Schifanelli, we take so much for granted, including that our way of life is guaranteed, that the lights will always come on when you go over and you turn the light on, right? And the internet will always work. And that life as we know it will continue as planned. Well, I have to share with you and confess to you right now in full disclosure, this conversation is one and probably my biggest concern. Now, other than a direct hit where somebody went crazy and hit us with a, a, a missile, this would be my biggest concern right here. And, and it's America's infrastructure and it's everything. I've always been worried about our food supply, our water supply, our electrical grids, things of that nature that we take for granted. You know, there's so much to this next story. It is really concerning. And so, and I'm going to tell you about a film that is out that will empower everybody to have the knowledge and what can be done about it. And we'll do that next with David Tice joins us. Uh, David is the founder and uh, portfolio manager of the Beerish Mutual Fund, Prudent Beer Fund. He managed it from 96 to 08. Uh, and achieved peak assets under management of $1.6 billion uh, before he sold that. But here's what's really cool. Besides being a top financial guy, he executive uh, was the executive uh, producer on the hit movie Soul Surfer. You remember Soul Surfer? So he did that. But now he's got a documentary film that he has... Uh, I would say dedicated some some uh, resources to, and that's well done, and uh, probably very passionate about this. We will find it's called Grid Down, Power Up, uh, and uh, in fact, uh, Dennis Quaid is the uh, uh, the announcer on here and the the speaker on it as well. Very well done, and it's to raise awareness uh, to the threat of our national electrical grid uh, faces with all kinds of threats here. David, welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday, brother. It is a privilege and wonderful to have you here. Really a pro privilege to be on your show, Malcolm, and with all your listeners. Thank you. All right. So let me ask you straight out. I like to cut right to the mustard. I've always, I'm always a bottom line kind of guy, which is really where the out loud comes from, but always respectful. But I want to ask you right here. Could, and, and again, keep in mind, David, we're educated listeners that don't pay attention to all of this. So they don't know all the details that you or I might know, but could a foreign adversary uh like right now take our electrical grid out at this very moment that would change our way of life forever could that happen right now yes malcolm that can happen and our film uh delineates that risk and i'm going to give you a couple of uh quick uh sound bites about that jennifer granholm who is the secretary of the department of energy currently under joe biden 
was recently asked on a Sunday talk show if our adversaries are inside the grid and if they could bring down the grid. And she said, yes, they could. Then also uh, there's a Senator Angus King from Maine. This was back some three years ago was talking about how our adversaries are in the grid. And therefore, this is the clear and present danger. All right. So and this is the energy secretary who says that. Uh, I mean, this is I mean, you, you, that's pretty brazen. And she spoke the truth there. God bless her for that. So he, here's what I want to ask. And I don't know that you have an answer for this, but here, here's the big quandary and question in all of this. If they've said that and it's very apparent and people know this danger is real, why do you think in God's green earth they haven't done anything about it? Well, frankly, there's so many issues here. Uh, there's a lack of proper regulation. There is a great deal of bureaucratic ineptitude. There are, unfortunately, our electric utilities are somewhat arguing against being told what to do. Uh, therefore, there's inefficient regulation out of uh, NERC and FERC. And I'll go over those names slowly. Mm -hmm. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and then the North American Electric Reliability Council. And those are entities that are supposed to regulate our utilities and frankly, they've done a abysmal job. Uh, and the, the other thing, some of our utility managements have, have not come through. There's complexity in uh, paying for various uh, protection mechanisms that has to go through rate making and the rate base, which is extraordinarily complex sometimes. And these utilities are, you know, faced with, you know, pressures to keep rates down for ordinary citizens. Mm -hmm. So it's very complicated. As I understand it, David, and I've studied this before and I've looked at it, there are three major grids in the U.S. You have the Western, the Eastern and Texas kind of stands alone. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so everybody, you, you look at the map in your mind of the United States, and you got these three major grids, West, East, uh, and Texas has this, again, separate grid here, which they discovered they had a problem just recent times here, uh, as well as there was another, there's been multiple problems, actually, we'll touch on in a moment here. Now, with all of this, and there have been plenty of warning signs about this, you know, we continue to do stupid things in our country, uh, and we continue to take life for granted in ways that are so reckless, and it, we need to call it out for what it is, and which you're doing with this massive film and this major message you're putting out there. Let's start with this. The Transformers. Here's what I don't understand, and I've seen your film. I've watched the whole film. It's extremely well done, and it's a film every American needs to see twice over and circulated. The Transformers, and everybody brace yourself, uh, we don't make the Transformers like everything else in our country, uh, just like antibiotics and uh, meds that are highly important for life. Everything is outsourced to, uh, what do you think, friends? China. China. China is everything, right? 
And so the trend, a lot of these transformers are being supplied by China that are actually in our system now. Uh, like some states have 10, you say some have 20% or more of these transformers. We're not even making them here. So in the event of a catastrophic event, we wouldn't even be able to get the transformers. Is that correct? Yes. So let's talk about that in some detail. So these transformers, a lot of them are old. They end up uh, weighing several hundred tons each. They are extraordinarily gargantuan in size. It requires moving traffic lights and uh, to be able to move them. Now, you're exactly right. They're not made in the United States. They are still made in South Korea and Germany, which are more friendly countries. More lately, China has been building these transformers. I wouldn't be able to say that the preponderance of the new transformers are coming from China, but they are cheaper lately. And there has been a acceleration of the uh, inclusion of Chinese transformers in the grid. Uh, we talk in the film based on advertising claims from Chinese companies that they amount, the power coming from Chinese transformers is equivalent to 10% in New York City of total power, 20% in Las Vegas. So they're, now, do they're dotted all over our landscape then within our grid. We don't even know where they're at. Uh, we probably know where they're at. I don't have those. Right, uh, you and I don't, I'm saying, but but I'm saying they're all over the place and we don't even know what's inside these. Do we know that China didn't embed anything in there, that there's any kind of a backdoor thing? That is the huge risk uh, as far as malware, backdoor, et cetera. I mean, I think there's something that we know and there's a lot of Chinese apologists about China right now represents a clear and present danger and our enemy. And I'm not saying it's the Chinese people. The Chinese people are wonderful people. Yeah. But unfortunately, their government and their uh, their army. And it's the CCP, the China Communist Party, is what we're dealing with here. Exactly. You, I, I like the point you just mentioned about South Korea and Germany. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, when the you-know-what hits the fan... Everybody's going to serve themselves first. That's not to say we can put an order and have them delivered by Tuesday to get them from South Korea or Japan uh, or, or Germany, rather. You know, why don't we do these things here? Why are we why are we always outsourcing? It's all money. It's economics, isn't it? Exactly. And frankly, that would be a great uh, partial resolution to this vulnerability. And the, the problem getting a new transformer, it could take you 18 months before you have a new transformer. And if there is a massive attack or a geomagnetic disturbance or a solar right. storm, this is called space weather, and it knocks out multiple transformers at the same time, we, we are truly SOL. Right. Now, if something, and, and I want to dive into those two scenarios here. Now, if something, David, happened, I'm thinking at the level of what would have, if an EMP attack, and I'm going to explain to people what that is here, but if that happened over our, in our hemisphere here, over our great country, uh, answer this question, would it or would it not send us back to the Stone Age? Well, it would certainly send us back to probably the 1800s. Uh, Maybe not as far as the Stone Age. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah. And, and actually, you might be right, because back in the 1800s, 
we were more used to gardening. We were more, we, we understood how to get water. And, and frankly, how many people in New York City do you know that have a garden or, or that know how to go out and kill an elk or would be able to handle, I mean, if their Amazon went down and their Uber Eats was down and their internet wasn't working, you know, I'd, I'd say they'd be in pretty bad shape. Yeah, I mean, and, and this could be an extended period of time. We don't really know how long. I mean, this could be many, many, many months, could be years. And, and that's the big issue. And if you come away from one point from this film, it is sometimes we think about grid uh, vulnerability and the power going out in Texas for, you know, a week. And, and that ended up killing 250 people. And there's some people that say uh, Texas was good in order to alert people, but then it almost gives some people a little bit of complacency saying, mm -hmm. well, it always comes back. But right. then what, what happens if it is truly six months? Right. And there's That's so right. much difference right. of just one local area like you know, Dallas and Austin being without power for even a week. And then, yes, some people die. But the most number of people that have died in America in the last, I think, in history has been Galveston, you know, in the early 1900s, 12,000 people died. And we talk about 9-11 when 3,000 people died. But, but we're talking about uh, the congressionally mandated EMP commission operated for 17 years. This was comprised with some of the strongest, smartest scientists in the country. And they found that if the power went out nationwide for six months to 18 months, that between 75% and 90% of Americans would die. I mean, that it's, it's, it's a dire situation. Let's break down now when we talk about an EMP attack. People hear that and they don't really have a sense of what we're talking about. And you also mentioned more of the natural event or the natural cause, which would be a geomagnetic uh, disturbance from the sun. And they have happened before. There was one in the 18th century. Uh, there was another one even in recent times that just missed us. And there have been other counts of this happening as well, by the way. But in the case of these two scenarios, now, a, a geomagnetic disturbance, there's not much we can do. We can't reprimand the sun. Uh, we can't uh, be, be angry at the sun. Uh, there's a natural cause and events, but we can still prepare ourselves. And we'll talk about that in a moment, the action here, David. But the other thing, the EMP attack. Now, that is an adversary or enemy that wants to do, wants to kill uh, millions or hundreds of millions of Americans and wants our country gone for many, many reasons. Having said that, an EMP attack, all they would have to do, David, and correct me on any of this, and so everybody truly understands, is anybody, a madman like Kim Jong-un, I mean, anybody from North Korea, from any of these other countries, somebody from the Middle East, some mad, deranged individual, uh, gets a hold of any of this equipment, and a missile is launched anywhere over our atmosphere here with any sort of a, a nuclear device, is that the description of more or less a, a strategic EMP attack? Yes. And, and you explain that well, but let me just amplify uh, a little bit more detail. A blast of a thermonuclear bomb 
It doesn't even have to be a massive high-tech nuclear bomb at between 20 miles in altitude and 200 miles in altitude over the United States will create this blast in the atmosphere. You wouldn't hear it, but it will create these gamma waves and these gamma waves will wipe out uh, sensitive electronics. Your cell phone wouldn't work. Your towers to provide cellular service wouldn't work. Our transformers would be fried. And essentially, you mentioned a geomagnetic storm from the sun. Mm -hmm. That's actually called a natural EMP. Right. So that's a very similar mm -hmm. physics, you know, uh, episode where that that same blast of gamma waves will take out electronics. David, if one of those happened, would it take out all three grids or just one grid or does it take out the whole system or what? Well, there it depends, Malcolm, on the details, how big that blast was and at what altitude. Mm -hmm. So if it was at 200 miles in altitude, that gives greater dispersion. And therefore, that could actually wipe out the grid uh, nationwide. Uh, and, and I think there's a little bit of difference opinion of this is highly technical. And it's possible that uh, our adversary might want to do two in order to ensure that the whole coast to coast was covered. But it could, from my understanding, be executed with just one blast. Uh, 200 miles in altitude over the central United States. And we would be darkened almost immediately. Exactly. Now, what I've done here, my, my friends, is I have asked, I knew we would not have enough time today. Coming on board here with David, I asked him to return this week here on The Voice of a Nation. There's so much more I want to talk to him about. He's learned so much about this. Uh, you have a sense of that right now. Clearly, he's a, a patriot and, and just an individual that you, you you have to applaud the work he's done here. And I, I absolutely do for this film and his work on, you know, there are those of us who passionately care about people and we want a better way of life for everybody. Uh, it doesn't it's not about a Democrat or Republican or an independent conversation. It's about human beings. It's about the existence of life. It's about uh, American exceptionalism. It's, a, it's about all these things. David, is it not? Right? Yeah, it is. And I know you just have a few minutes left for this program. I'm looking forward on being in, on with you next week. But I want to end for the listener to have some hope. This yeah. film actually ends yeah. with a very patriotic upbeat, hopeful message. And this is highly fixable. We can get this done. Yeah. I have a very patriotic ending saying mm -hmm. that yeah. America has overcome, you know, huge obstacles in the past with overcoming racial segregation, building the national highway yeah. system, defeating Nazi Germany. Oh, it's beautiful the way you ended it. And I have to say, and I have to celebrate, David, you know, I applaud this to you and everybody will hear, you did not fear monger at all. You turned it into taking action and you absolutely celebrated the greatness. So, oh my golly, I so applaud you, brother, for what you did there. I have to tell you, really though, you, you just did it so right. And the way you ended the message, now, friends, the website is Grid Down. Power up. Grid Down, Power Up. 
griddownpowerup.com. That's the website right there. You can see the trailer and all. How can people see the film? All right. So the film's not quite complete yet. We uh, did a premiere in Vegas literally yesterday to standing room only, but it's not quite ready for final distribution. We're going through color correction and final sound mix. Uh, We're targeting August 6th. You can go to our website. You can learn about this issue. You can sign up to have an alert, you know, when the film is finally complete, you can see the trailer. You can actually start writing letters to your legislators and regulators telling them that you want this issue addressed. So a big thank you here to David Tice. He'll be on the Voice of a Nation next week. Look for him on Wednesday on the program, uh, 6 p.m. and 11 daily, as you know, on my daily program. Now, griddownpowerup.com. That's how you find out more about that. Uh, You'll hear next a very interesting excerpt from IQ Al Razuli and Ilana Friedman on Iran's nuclear ambition and Biden's Middle East follies. Uh, Listen to this. My gut, and I haven't talked to you about any of this prior to now, but my gut is the silence that I have noticed, and and, and again, this is just me now, uh, from Iran in the past many, many, many months, it's been building now, to me has been deafening. I noticed some very odd things. And again, I haven't heard anybody say this. I haven't read it anywhere. It's just my gut feeling, IQ. So I, I don't know if you agree with it or not. But my sense is they're up to no damn good in a very big, 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 big way. Pick it up right there, please, and tell me what's going on and more to this end of this Iran nuclear program and Lapid and the relations, please. Finally, you are absolutely right. You remember in my talk shows before, I said every single time the CIA or whoever was responsible to estimate whether Russia and China would be able to become a nuclear power, they were wrong every single time. I said the same thing about Iran. The latest reports from the Americans, Iran is only a few weeks or a few months away from an atom bomb. And if these are the estimates, you're right, they already have it. That's why they're quiet. They already have it. Yeah. What to be done about it? That's another story. Strategic nature of the airspace, and it, it, it has Saudi Arabia opened that up more? I mean, the references in the media, IQ, is that it's to calm the relationships and bring Saudi Arabia and Israel uh, on the same sheet of music, not I true, guess. Not true, not true, not true at all. I didn't think it was. Go ahead. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why. Because Israel and Saudi Arabia have been close to each other now since Abraham Accords. They are completely in touch on a regular basis to do with the, uh, you know, anti-terrorism. And let, let me, and let, me let me tell listeners now, please, the Abraham Accords that uh, IQ is referring to was on Donald Trump's watch. Is that correct, absolutely. IQ? Yeah, absolutely. That was a historical peace deal that really was mind-boggling. mind-boggling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. everybody said it will never happen until there is a Palestinian state. By the way, the Palestinian state was available to the Palestinians in 1948, in 1956, in 1967, in 
the Europeans and the Americans, too stupid to even think about it, but they're doing it. For him to brag, for Biden to brag that he gave them $500 million, but this $500 million should have been used for America, to defend America, mm -hmm. not to give, to give it to the Palestinians. Did you know that the Palestinian Authority, the leader, Abbas, the 82, 83 years old, is on his 17th year of a four-year presidency. He and his sons have pilfered $400 million. $400 million. Why is America supporting him? Nobody gives you a good answer. Nobody. Hmm. There is not a single advantage from Palestinians to, Israel, to, uh, to America. I don't understand why they're supporting them. Maybe you do. Maybe Ilana does. I have no idea. Yeah. But there's not a single advantage. None. Uh, Ilana, let, let's, let's ask you right now on what IQ brings up there, the support he's referencing, referring to. Um, you have any sense of why that is? No, I don't think there's any. It's, it's political. It has to do with internal pressure from uh, um, Israel hating um power people in the United States, but there is no good reason for supporting the, uh, the, the Palestinians in any way, because first of all, they are the only people in the whole world who are considered refugees 75 years after um, they they were uh, they, they left the country uh, some some by force some by uh, of their own free will many of them by their own free will and and now they're claiming that when, at the time there were maybe five hundred thousand people who left there are now half a million people who claim to be Palestinian refugees and are getting the benefit of our contributions to the United Nations in in the the United Nations agency which is the only agency that is completely dedicated to one set of refugees. The whole situation is like from Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something else. President Biden and Israel's caretaker, Prime Minister Lapid, just signed a security pledge agreement. Yeah. Um, uh, and that would be to, I'm, I'm changing subjects a little bit, but it, it, it shows the, the ridiculousness of of our policies, um, they signed this agreement. Yes, uh, on on um, uh, on Thursday, when uh, when Biden was still in Israel, to prevent Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons. Right. Now that's a joke, and I want to come back to what 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 uh, IQ said because for one thing, it, Iran already has nuclear weapons. Iran has enriched enough uranium to achieve. 350 pounds of weapons grade nuclear material, which they tell me is currently being loaded onto missile warheads. And when IQ said that it may be weeks away, right. that's not wrong. It could be weeks, it could be maybe a couple of months, but they intended, uh, their intended target is Israel. Now, that full interchange of that conversation with IQ Al-Razuli and Alana Friedman, you can hear in its entirety on The Voice of a Nation on Monday, July 18th. So if you listen to Viewpoint this Sunday, that's how you catch that whole conversation. Tune into us on the daily program, The Voice of a Nation, and hear IQ and Ilana. And this is a very, very compelling and very interesting conversation. You will get a lot out of it. I know I did. 
in talking about that. So, well, what a program here, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.